welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. I have struggled with something called portion control. Portion control is the trendy word for overeating. Overeating doesn't sound good. Portion control sounds better. When you go sit down to eat, instead of eating one meal, you find yourself eating three meals. And then, four hours later, you're starving. I know this has never happened to any of you. In fact, in my personal life, it's actually easier for me to have a devotional life with prayer and Bible study than portion control. Portion control will get me in trouble. And what happens is I actually even read this little booklet on portion control. And this is what they teach. The way to maintain eating only one meal at that meal is to drink a glass of water before you eat and to put down your fork every single bite. So you take a bite and you put your fork down by eating slower. That way you won't eat three meals. That's actually the whole, the whole book was summed up in basically drink a glass of water, put down your fork, and you will eat less. Just that, that practice right there. So I share this because we, in fact, I'll tell you, there, I, we, back when I was out of, totally out of control of portion control, I would pick the restaurants I would go to here in the city based on free bread. You all know when you sit down and they bring you free bread? I mean, it's free bread, mine as well. It's got to take advantage of that. And there's one restaurant here, not only do they give you free bread, they give you free salad. And you can literally, before you even order, you've already had a couple of three salads and lots of free bread. Jesus here, in this story we're about to read about, is going to teach us about free bread and some free fish too. So that's, the, that's his restaurant he's about to experience. And this miracle we're going to read is actually the only miracle by the Lord recorded in all four Gospels. And that's the feeding of the 5,000. And I believe if the Lord included it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, you say, Pastor, what about the crucifixion and the resurrection? Absolutely, those are included too. But the, this, that's absolutely a miracle. That's central Christianity. But of all the healings and the miracles that he performed in his three-year ministry, this one is recorded all four times. So go ahead and open up your Bible to the book of Matthew. While you turn there in Matthew chapter 14, I'm actually going to read you some previous Bible verses that prepare us for this lesson we're about to see about the feeding of the 5,000. Because when it comes to Jesus providing a meal, Jesus providing for 5,000 people, it actually goes all the way back to the Old Testament, book of Deuteronomy. But you don't need to turn there. You turn to Matthew chapter 14. So you're going to be in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. But in the book of Deuteronomy, because Jesus quotes this scripture here, Deuteronomy 8.3 tells us, this is about how the Israelites, they were wandering around in the wilderness preparing to go into the promised land. And of course, they're hungry. Every three to four hours, humans get hungry. It's just going to happen. So obviously, if you're wandering around in the desert, 
you're going to get hungry. And this is what happens. They start complaining to them. They're grumbling. And this is what God said through Moses he was going to do. Deuteronomy 8.3 He humbled you by letting you go hungry. God uses hunger to humble us. Then he gave you manna. Manna is bread from heaven. We do not know what manna looks like. You cannot order manna at a restaurant. It's, it's literally from the Lord. Every day they would wake up and there would be your manna on the ground. God, God provided this bread from heaven. And then the next day there was new. It would spoil after one day. So the Lord is providing this bread. He gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known. They didn't know what manna was. We don't know what manna is. So that, now look at this, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That little phrase there. God gave us bread from heaven for the purpose that we are going to learn what it means. Now, if the Bible tells us you're about to learn something, that's a teaching opportunity from the Lord. He's using bread. He's using our hunger, the most natural of all desires. You're, you want to eat. I mean, that's, that's what folks do. They eat. He's going to take that desire of eating and He's going to teach us so we can learn that man doesn't live on this stuff. The Lord is going to teach us there's something more than this piece of bread. There is something greater that He offers than food. Alright? So don't turn there. I'm going to turn to the next section here. So Jesus, that, that God tells us that in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. He's using Moses. He's teaching the Israelites, man does not live on bread alone. That means the common man out there who just goes about his life, he wakes up, he's hungry. He eats. Four hours later, he's hungry again. You're just going about your day thinking, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? What's well, for 10 p.m. snack? I mean, you're just, it's just uh, eternal eating. And God is saying, there is something more than that life. And that's living for the Lord. So, Jesus is getting tempted now. In Matthew chapter 4, again, you're not going to turn there. We'll read it to you. And the tempter comes to him. This is launching his ministry. And the first attack on Jesus has to do with food. It's the most basic, most common desire we all, we're all going to have. And he comes here, comes to Jesus, and the tempter approached him in Matthew 4.3 and says, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones right here to become bread. You know, I know you're hungry, Jesus. You haven't been eating for 40 days. You're starving. Jesus had been fasting, preparing to launch His ministry. And right off the bat, the devil goes after hunger. And he says, you tell these stones, because I know you can do it. They can become your bread. 
And Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's quoting the passage that Moses said, you must learn to do this. So the, the way to learn not to live, the way to overcome temptation is understanding your deepest desire, which is for food, God supplies something more. And there is a danger in our lives that we will be living on bread alone. All right, now we're going to get to our passage. You're in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. This is the feeding of the 5,000. And what we're seeing about this passage is what's leading up to this. Jesus, his cousin was John the Baptist. John the Baptist, right before this event occurred, this great miracle, John the Baptist was beheaded. Herod killed him. Served him on a silver platter. I mean, just total mockery. Shameful. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. John the Baptist, the Bible says, was the greatest of all the prophets. John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. This would have been a great influencer in Jesus' life, getting him ready for his ministry. And Jesus is... The Bible actually says he wept. He was sad when he learned of the death of John the Baptist. And it says in verse 13, When Jesus heard about it, that's the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. Do you know, when you're grieving, a lot of times you just want to be alone. You you don't want to, you don't want to, there's nothing, what, what can you say? There is a great loss, death has come. And Jesus wanted to be alone. When the crowds heard about this, so the crowds found out, even when you want to be alone, sometimes people still find out where you're at. The crowds found out where he was at. And they followed him on foot from the town. So these these crowds are coming to Jesus. He's grieving. He's trying to be alone. But the people just kept coming. When he went ashore... He saw a large crowd, so he's coming out of the boat. A lot of times, if you want to be alone, I guess you just go in the, the middle of the Sea of Galilee there, and, and folks maybe won't bother you out in the middle of the water. And he saw this large crowd when he comes ashore, and he has compassion on them, and he heals them. So he, re, he launches his healing ministry right there. Instead of getting out of the boat saying, Guys, I'm, I'm tired, I'm grieving, I just lost my cousin. John the Baptist was just beheaded. I don't want to do it right now. He looks at the people. He has compassion on them. He immediately starts working. He starts his ministry. So the disciples are right there. They're watching. They're they're helping assist him in the healing ministry. And it says, when evening came, the disciples approached. I would guess it's probably about 4 or 5 o'clock. It's starting to get dark. The disciples approach him and say, this place is deserted and it's already late. Like the sun's going to start setting soon. It's getting close to dinner time. Jesus, send the crowds away 
so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Do you know the disciples were probably getting hungry too? It's getting dinner time. We've been working all day. Let's just go ahead and push the people. Say, we'll come back another time. We've done our healing. Time to close shop. Look, all these little towns here, they have restaurants. They have markets. You can go buy some food. we got big crowds here. It's time to just disperse to the dispersed home. And they're trying. Jesus is still ministering to these people. And they're... The disciples are pushing them away. They're saying, okay, the, the, the service is over. Go, go home. It's now 9.45. It's time to close shop. Music's over. Sermon's over. But look what Jesus says. They don't need to go away. He's rebuking the disciples. Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. Disciples, give them something to eat. Now, obviously the disciples are in a situation that they cannot physically meet this demand. There's no possible way for them to feed this many people. And that statement that Jesus made, you give them something to eat. I believe what Jesus is teaching us about that. When there is a need... When we see needs all around us, instead of trying to say, well, the government's going to take care of you, this organization, another family member, this committee, the deacons, whatever it's going to be, Jesus is saying, if a need has come in front of you, you yourself, you meet it. Instead of pushing it off on someone else, you help them. You do something about it. And not only that, The greatest need is not hunger. The greatest need is spiritual lostness. If you know of someone who is not saved, and you know of someone who does not know Jesus as their Savior, and they're not here at church this morning, instead of calling your pastor, instead of calling the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, instead of buying them a Bible, instead of just giving them a CD, whatever you want to do, the Bible is telling us, Jesus is telling us, you tell them about the Lord. There's a, there's a you statement by Jesus saying when there's a problem or there's an, a, a need, you take care of it. I want to tell you, we, I wrestle with this. It's so easy for us to push it off to someone or something else. And the Lord's looking at you and I this morning and saying, you, you do it. You tell the person about the Lord. You tell the person how to get saved. You meet that physical need. If there's problems in your home, the, the greatest counselor you have is Jesus. The Holy Spirit, one of His names is actually counselor. You can help that problem. The Lord will allow you. And look what it says here. This is, this is us answering. When God tells us to do something, this is what we do. Now, we know in verse 17, because there's, other, there's three other accounts of this story, what happened was a man named Andrew, who was Peter's brother, he went and found this little boy. And we, we know this from the book of John records this. And this little boy comes up, and he says, but we only have five loaves and two fish here. 
this is five loaves and two fish. Now, I did not bring a real fish. I brought tuna fish. Because I'm not, we're not, we're, you know, we don't, y'all don't want fish here. So we'll just pretend these are two tuna fish right here. And here are your five loaves. Andrew takes this little boy and comes up to Jesus. Say, Jesus, here you go. You want, you want us to feed it? I don't know what to do, but this is our food we have. Here's a basket. Here's five loaves. Here's two tuna fish. Make it happen. And there was at least they, the disciples, Andrew, who brought the little boy, that was his sack lunch. His mama, he probably came from a little village, little 10-year-old boy, comes up, and he's there listening and learning from Jesus. Probably he was with some other family members. And he's got his sack lunch, and that's all they could find. He, you know, he apparently didn't eat all his lunch. A lot of children don't eat like adults do, so he still has it with them. And they just brought it to Jesus. And folks, anytime we bring what little we feel we have to Jesus, he takes it in his hands and he multiplies it. That is what he's about to do. We bring what little we have. And this is very little. There, we know this will not meet this physical need. But with God, whatever you have, whatever little five loaves and two fish you have, plus God equals everything. And now the presence of the Lord, Jesus, is right there, and He's going to take these five loaves and two fish, and He's going to perform the greatest feeding miracle, the greatest dining miracle in the history of mankind. So he takes this. Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed them. Folks, if Jesus says a blessing for his food, you should too. Every time we sit down to eat, we should be reminded, man does not live on bread alone. Even though, God, I'm about to eat this, even though, Lord, you have supplied my needs, even though this will sustain me physically, I know there is something more. And, Lord, I want to eat the bread from heaven. I want to eat the manna. Jesus, I want the bread of life, what you offer. And he took this little bread, he broke it, he prayed over it, and look what happens. He looks up to heaven and he blessed his food. He broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. So this basket starts multiplying. He's just passing out the food. It's not running out. Everyone ate and was satisfied. They picked up 12 baskets full of leftover pieces. That's one for each disciple. Each little disciple got their little basket, their take-home food. Now, those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So even that little boy didn't count in the 5,000. Do you know, there could have been well over 10,000 people who ate. 5,000 men, add on all the women and children, 10,000, there was the, the field, this was along the Sea of Galilee, this was a giant field here. And most Bible commentators 
think there was a possibility this was the same area nearby where Jesus also gave the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus could look over this field and, and talk to all the people and heal all the people. And they, and they could come to Him. Because they were down there. He was up here. And they're coming to Him. And it's a ministry of multiplication. So we learn that Jesus supplies all of our needs. This morning, you've come to church and you have a need. Think about it. What would be your need? Think about all the needs, not just in your life, in, the, in our country. There's turmoil every week around here. Not, not necessarily around here, but in the United States, in the world. And Jesus is looking at you and I, I believe, and He's saying, remember, man does not live on bread alone. Don't just go on your hunger. Don't just live by portion control. There is something more. And, that, and you have to learn what it means. And Jesus is asking us this morning, have you learned what it means by bread alone? Now I want you to turn to the last scripture here. Turn your Bibles to the book of John. Because Jesus is going to tell us that He is the bread of life. And what we're doing is we're walking through our Bible. And we're seeing the story of how God takes something as our hunger and bread. And He uses it to teach us about Him. This is a story here that Jesus is having about how Moses provided bread from heaven. And Jesus is going to take that passage we read from Deuteronomy 8.3. And he's saying, yeah, Moses provided you bread of heaven, but you hungered again. You, you kept wanting more and more every four to five hours. But I'm offering you something that you will not hunger anymore. And look what Jesus tells us. John chapter 6, verse 32. John 6, 32. Actually, I want to start in verse 30. What sign, this is the Pharisees, 6.30. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you, they asked him. They're demanding a sign. What are you going to perform? They said, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. Just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They were very proud that they ate that manna. They, they looked at their ancestors. And I want you to know this. The Jewish people back then felt because Moses gave us, or God gave us, all us Jewish folks, bread from heaven. We are more chosen and special. He didn't supply manna to those other people. We received the manna. And therefore, since my ancestors ate manna, I am going to heaven. Do y'all see this? This is what happens when many of us feel, you know what, I grew up in church. My grandpa was a preacher. I went to VBS. I sat on the third pew. I sang in the choir. I attended Sunday school. I received um, rewards for perfect attendance. And you can look at your life and think, my upbringing, my history, my legacy is one of just ongoing devotion to the Lord. Therefore, since this happened in my life years ago, I am, I'm in right standing with God. 
That's what we call a cultural Christianity. And there was, in Bible times, there was this cultural Judaism. And that's what Jesus was up against here with the Pharisees. They were bragging to Jesus, saying, you know, our ancestors, we ate bread from heaven with Moses. God has selected us and given us this stuff. And look what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. That bread that you ate in the wilderness, that didn't come from Moses. That actually came from my Father. I was there. I helped make the dough every morning and helped put it out for you. Your ancestors ate bread from my Father. We gave you the bread and the manna. The, Jew, the Pharisees felt they earned this. They were entitled to this. Folks, I want to tell you, there is a, there is a massive problem today for Christians. And I want to tell you that what that is. It's boredom. So what do you mean, Pastor, boredom? The Pharisees here are talking about a miracle that happened 2,000 years earlier. This bread from heaven, that was 4,000 years today. 2,000 years from Jesus' time. They're truly living in the past. And Jesus is right there saying, guys, that was 2,000 years ago. And by the way, Moses didn't do that. I did that. My father did that. He gave you that bread. Boredom is living by bread alone. Because what you're doing is you feel my needs are met. I've got my bread. I'm going to be okay. And Jesus is here speaking to us this morning. There is more to your spiritual life. You have to learn this. There's more He's offering. And the more is learning to eat not just bread alone. Listen, bread alone. This is bread alone today. Science. Math. Money. Make sure you can pay your bills. And just following the news and having commentary on the news because we are experts in everything. If that's your life, you know the past. You know what... You've lived a long time, so you kind of can predict what's going to happen in the future. You've been experienced as your friend. And you just know about today, Sunday morning, you're going to do this Sunday afternoon, you're going to do this Sunday evening, and you go about your life kind of knowing for the most part what's going to happen. And Jesus is saying, that is a life of bread alone. That is a life not living by miracles. That is a life like I preached on last Sunday, living with having eyes, but you can't see. Jesus is telling us there's something more. There's something more out there. And all you can focus on is your hunger and your bread alone. Keep going here in your Bibles. It says here, so verse 32 tells us that God gives us the true bread from heaven. And then verse 33 says, For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now Jesus is making a shift. He's telling us this manna that you talk about. God actually now, He gave you manna back then. But now He's giving you manna who's standing in front of you. Jesus is the bread from heaven. Jesus is our manna. Jesus is the one that we've learned that we can't live on bread alone. 
Christ is telling us eternal life comes from Jesus. He is our bread from heaven. And I think our practical application for us today, folks, if we are going through this boring life, wondering, mill to mill, hunger to hunger, every four to five hours, and wondering, God, there has to be something more than this loaf. My next free meal at the restaurant, if you go to those. There has to be something more. Jesus is saying, it's me. I'm the bread of life. Look what he says in verse 34. Then he said, or they said, the people look at him and say, Sir, give us this bread. Like, I want some of this bread. And then he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus told them, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. We come to Jesus, and He meets our physical needs, He meets our spiritual needs, He meets our thirst, He offers us something. He offers this world something that no no one else can offer. We are surrounded by people who are living by bread alone, focusing on this manna. Because remember the problem with the manna in the Old Testament. Every morning, what happened? They were hungry again. Manna came from heaven, but every morning God had to supply a new batch of, a new, new batch of bread there for them to keep eating. Jesus is coming to us saying, no longer do you have to do that. I meet your needs. So this morning I'm asking you, you've come here with a burden, with a heavy heart. You've come here with hunger. And I'm telling you, your greatest hunger, your greatest need cannot be met by science math, logic, money, the things and desires of this world, the Lord Jesus, who's the bread of life, meets your and my need. And I'm asking you, have you trusted Christ? Have you ate the bread from heaven? Have you taken what Jesus offers you and I and say, Lord, I never again want to hunger. I never again want to thirst. I'm going to give you an opportunity to trust Jesus. To let Him be your bread of life. I want you to bow your head. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. I look out in these pews and I see visitors. And I, I, don't know some of, I don't know who some of you are. I have no clue why God brought you here. Maybe a friend brought you here. But most importantly, maybe the Lord led you here. And He led you here to hear this message about how to, you need to be saved. How you need to receive the bread from heaven. No longer are you living on bread alone. Jesus tells us we need to learn what it means to eat the bread from heaven, which is Jesus. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This is what we call the sinner's prayer. If you're a sinner, you can trust Jesus and you can be saved this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, You pray along. God can read your heart. He knows your greatest need. Dear Jesus, I want the bread from heaven. I'm tired of living by bread alone. Lord, I want you. Lord, I trust you with my life. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, heal me. Save me from boredom. 
Save me from every four hours being hungry. I want eternal bread. Jesus, I want you. In your name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you pray and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you need to respond. Jesus calls us publicly. We should never be bashful, never be afraid to respond. Listen, the Bible tells us, if you are embarrassed and you deny Jesus here on earth, then we will stand in front of Him in judgment. And He will be embarrassed and He will deny us at our judgment. We should be proud. You should be proud. Jesus is looking at you this morning and saying, you give them something to eat. That something to eat is the Lord. If Jesus can take five loaves and two fish and multiply and feed 5,000 plus people, whatever problem you have, whatever burden you've got on your heart, you bring it to this altar this morning. You give it to the Lord. He takes it and he multiplies it. He blesses it. Let's stand together. Brother Hurd, you come stand up here with me. Brother Hurd's going to be standing right here. I'm going to be standing right here. You come take our hand and say, Pastor, I got saved this morning.